This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Crime's getting out of hand lately. Now on the news hour, a vicious knife attack on a Surrey Transit bus leaves a passenger gravely injured. From what we can gather so far is they were unknown to each other. It was completely unprovoked. And a suspect arrested for attempted murder. Plus... And all of a sudden I heard like screaming and I saw smoke. Another firefight on the downtown east side. He had no clue what was going on. He was like seconds away from being on fire and he, he had absolutely no idea. That witnesses and crews say was complicated by tents and some people who wouldn't move. And this is dangerous. This is crazy how bad this has gotten. A close call for unsuspecting commuters nearly hit head on on a major highway by a very dangerous driver. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. We begin with horrific violence on board a transit bus in Surrey that has left one man fighting for his life and another in custody tonight. Investigators say it's still too early to determine exactly what led to the knife attack, but they believe the same suspect threatened another person just moments earlier. Julia Foy has our top story. It's... It's getting kind of scary. Local Surrey residents were shocked to learn that there was a knife attack on a bus traveling along Fraser Highway around 9.30 Saturday morning. An altercation that took place on a bus between two males. Uh, during that altercation, one of the males allegedly removed a knife and slashed the other male across the neck. The bus had only traveled eight blocks when the assault happened, and the driver pulled over at 148th Street, Emergency services flocked to the scene. Transit police say the victim, in his mid-30s, was transported to Royal Columbian Hospital, suffering from life-threatening injuries. He was taken into surgery Saturday afternoon. Given the victim's injuries are so severe in nature, the suspect was arrested right away and chartered and warned for attempted murder. Uh, there is a possibility in any case, the victim may succumb to their injuries. And in, in that instance, the charges would be recommended to murder. Steed says the suspect was arrested at the scene and he is not known to police, but added there was another person allegedly threatened before the suspect got on the bus. The information we have right now is that an incident occurred with a first victim. The suspect approached a victim waiting for a bus. Uh, the suspect presented a knife to that victim and that victim was lucky enough to run away and call police. Investigators are exploring whether the suspect was suffering a mental health crisis. At this time, police can't confirm the number of people who were on the bus, but all are receiving support for witnessing such a vicious crime. As you can imagine, witnessing and even experiencing something like this is quite traumatic. Uh, Surrey RCMP did assist with calling out victim services to um, help anybody who may be suffering from any mental health trauma. Uh, an incident like this is something that you don't see every day. And the bus driver as well is, is receiving mental health support. Anyone with dash cam video of the suspect or the incident is asked to call transit police or the RCMP. I feel sorry for the people that are riding the buses. I mean, they don't know who to trust, you know. Julia Foy, Global News.
RCMP and Barrier are asking for your help tonight as they investigate a bizarre and disturbing delivery to their detachment. A substantial amount of blood on an Ikea rug like the one seen here has been confirmed to belong to a human. Investigators say it is enough blood to have them concerned about whoever it belongs to and how exactly it got there. If you have any information, call RCMP. More than eight months since Vancouver's fire chief ordered the immediate removal of tents and structures from East Hastings Street, another clear example of why last night. While much of that encampment has been cleared, fire officials say a substantial safety risk remains. And as Kristen Robinson reports, that was highlighted by a chaotic firefight last night. Shattered windows and a rush of water. Remnants of a chaotic Friday evening firefight on the downtown east side. When flames erupted in a second floor room of the Persepolis Hotel on Columbia at Hastings, witnesses say fire debris was falling on a man under this corner store awning. And all of a sudden I heard like screaming and I saw smoke and he was not aware. He had no clue what was going on. He was like seconds away from being on fire. A friend of mine grabbed him and threw him out of the way. If it wasn't for that person that grabbed him and threw him out of the way, he probably would have caught on fire. My truck got hit with a guy with a stick. He hit my windshield, uh, screaming that there's people in the building, they're burning to death. With dozens yelling from the street and tents complicating access to tenants trapped in the SRO, Assistant Chief Ken Gemmel says firefighters had to call police for backup. Buddy was throwing stuff out of his window all day long, and then last night the fire started and then it blew up. Planes were coming out the window up top, and the guy was still inside there throwing stuff out the window. Len Boley stepped in to direct traffic at the scene, while firefighters carefully shot water towards the burning second floor, trying not to drench or injure anyone on the sidewalk. People were moving. They were, they were positioned in their tents and in the areas underneath the fire, you know, that was above them with windows smashing, and they just didn't really seem too concerned about evacuating or getting out of the way so we could actually fight the fire. Fortunately, everyone got out and no one was hurt. The fire accidental by a burning mattress. SRO staff say up to three rooms were damaged. The city says more than 600 tents have been removed from East Hastings since August. As of March 28th, 85 structures remain. It's mayhem down there. Kristen Robinson, Global News. In the Okanagan, dozens of people are displaced tonight after fire broke out at a Penticton motel overnight. Flames broke out inside a second floor unit of the Black Forest Motel around 9 o'clock last night. The fire was contained to that single suite, but still 24 people are now scrambling to find temporary living arrangements for at least the next few days. The cause of the fire is under investigation. BC's police watchdog has now cleared the Vancouver police members involved in the shooting of a man who attacked an officer on the downtown east side last summer. The Independent Investigations Office says the suspect struck the officer who was in a marked police cruiser at East Hastings and Columbia Streets several times in the head with a metal bar. The officer got out of the vehicle and fired three shots as the suspect continued to swing that bar at him. A second officer then deployed a taser to subdue the suspect 
suspect the police watchdog calls this case one of the clearest examples of the justification for the use of potentially lethal force due to the threat of bodily harm or death from an armed assailant who had already launched an unprovoked attack. John Corey McKay was originally charged in the case with the aggravated assault of a peace officer. He was sentenced last month to two years less a day and 12 months probation on a lesser charge of assaulting a peace officer causing bodily harm. Well, nurses in this province now have a tentative new contract in what's being touted as an historic and long-awaited deal. The BC Nurses Union says it has reached a tentative three-year deal with the Health Employers Association of BC. It is the last remaining major public sector union to strike a deal with the province following months of negotiations. And Global News has obtained details of that agreement. Here are the terms. If ratified, nurses would get a 25 cent an hour increase, plus an additional 3.24% dating back to April of last year. Then they would get a more than 6% increase this year, which includes a cost of living adjustment, and next year another 2% wage spike, plus a cost of living adjustment of up to 1%. Other terms include Indigenous-specific anti-racism language and increases to shift premiums, on-call rates, responsibility pay, and isolation allowance. Voluntary shift exchanges and job share language could also be expanded. A ratification vote is set for April 20th. Well, it could have ended in a disastrous head-on collision, and it was all caught on camera. And the latest example of extremely dangerous driving by a truck driver on a major BC highway is sparking outrage from one local mayor and his constituents tonight. Here's Chris Dow with the very close call caught on camera. This is dangerous. This is crazy how bad this has gotten. It is another example of reckless and appalling driving behavior. A semi-truck captured on dash cam video attempting a pass over a double solid yellow. You can see the semi moves into oncoming traffic before signaling and attempting to get back into the lane. This is horrifying. We've had this non-stop um, up on our section of Highway 5. This has got to stop. Um, people have died. People will continue to die. The near miss happened on Highway 5 north of Kamloops between Barrier and Little Fort around 7 a.m. on March 24th. The logging truck driver who you can see in the video and was driving ahead of the semi tells Global News he had to speed up in order to avoid a collision. My only thought was I better get going a hell of a lot faster here because if I didn't speed up and the low bed who was behind slowed down and created room for him to fit in before he met that oncoming traffic, uh, there'd have been another fatal accident, which has been very common up here lately. This comes just weeks after a triple fatal crash on that same section of Highway 5. Since Blackwell says commercial vehicle safety enforcement officers stepped up patrols in the area, but says more regulations are needed to curb bad driving behavior. Things have gone downhill over the last 15 or 20 years here unrealistic timelines for truckers to get their shipments from one port to another. There needs to be a deep dive into to who are the worst offenders and start appropriately punishing them. Keating says he and the driver with the dash cam video eventually blocked off the highway to report the semi-truck driver. Both RCMP and the transport company did not respond to our requests by deadline. Krista Dow, Global News. Hundreds of protesters in Vancouver joined a nationwide demonstration today against the funding of fossil fuels this afternoon in downtown Vancouver. 
Demonstrators at today's rally say they are voicing their opposition to the Royal Bank of Canada's funding of fossil fuel projects. One of the core issues for protesters is the bank's funding of the coastal gaslink pipeline project. They're calling on RBC to divest from that project and other such energy initiatives. I think this is the most were, important issue facing humanity these days, the, uh, getting off of fossil fuels. Uh, if we don't manage to do it, we're basically was, doomed. Civilization, at, at very best, civilization will collapse. At worst, we'll all go extinct. In a partial statement, RBC says their institution is committed to achieving net zero in their lending by 2050, adding they are focused on helping clients reduce their emissions and supporting initiatives that bring green solutions to the market. Next on the news hour, the fight to retain access to outdoor space. It doesn't really feel like we're in the forest anymore. We do have access to trails within the forest, but we're not allowed to stop. Why a popular North Shore hiking area is now off bounds to some young students as their school struggles to stay afloat. Plus. Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Like he's fully upside down. You know, I had to dig down six feet to get to him. The remarkable rescue of a snowboarder all caught on camera, the lucky and life-saving encounter. That's coming up a bit later in the show. The city of Vancouver has now withdrawn a controversial development application to demolish a heritage building to create space for the downtown east side street market. The city rents the market's current space on East Hastings from BC Housing, but that lease is set to expire at the end of August. There were plans to tear down this 120-year-old building on private land a block away for use as a new street market. Concerns were raised about its proposed demolition, though, to relocate the street market where stolen goods are thought to be sold. The development application was withdrawn yesterday, just one day after the city's public interest came to an end. The operator of an outdoor nature school on the North Shore says she doesn't know how many students she can enroll in the upcoming school year. That's because she doesn't know what areas in the Lower Seymour Conservation Reserve her staff and students will be able to access as their classroom, as the number of visitors to the region has grown by 26 percent since 2019. Paul Johnson explains. It's no surprise that the trails in North Van's Lower Seymour Conservation Reserve are a major draw year-round. Among the many who come here are Jenna Rudolph and the kids in her Soaring Eagle Nature School. So we see hundreds of children every year throughout the year. They teach birding, forest ecology and outdoor survival. Jenna says everything was going just fine until January when Metro Vancouver told her because of worries about wear and tear, her group could no longer make their usual stops at the best places for nature education. We still don't really understand the reasoning for it because we're such an insignificant number in terms of the users. I think they have 600,000 park users annually. We make up about 350 of that. So how about this as a backdrop for educating kids about nature? This is Rice Lake, one of the places they used to come to but aren't allowed to anymore because of the new rules. She says their new approved convening spots are here and here. So you can see why Jenna feels like they've been 86'd out onto a glorified parking lot. It's surrounded by a, by a fence right beside a big industrial building. Um, so it doesn't really feel like we're in the forest anymore. For its part, Metro Vancouver said because the area is being managed as a future water supply, they have to make tough decisions. 
And as trail usage changes, reviewing the rules for permit holders is one of them. Jenna thinks it's the fact that they actually have a permit that's working against them. Yet, because we're a user group that we have a permit, they can control us and where we go. And so I think that's, that's what they're doing ultimately. On the North Shore, Paul Johnson, Global News. Indigenous culture was proudly on display this weekend, marking the return of the Earl Marriott Semiamu First Nation powwow for the first time in three years. Hundreds of dancers and more than a dozen drum groups filled the gymnasium in celebration. The three-day community event showcases First Nations culture and art with one of the themes focusing on truth and reconciliation. In addition to its educational component, plenty of vendors, entertainment, food and artwork were also on hand. I think people are starving for this. We're starving to get back together, see our old friends, see, hear the drums, see our elders, see our kids. We're never going to forget the ones that, uh, that, that didn't come home and the ones that sacrificed life so that we could celebrate the things that we're doing today. And I've been coming since I was little and it's cool to see like all these people come in and they get to like learn about new things or there's so many vendors around and then there's like the dancing. I think it's good if you share a lot of your culture and a lot of people are taking more interest. More than a thousand people are expected to attend the multi-day event, which has been going on for 25 years. Coming up, a long-awaited promise from the province that is still unfulfilled. We're going to put a cancer treatment centre here in Kamloops. We need a cancer centre in Kamloops now. Years later, Kamloops keeps waiting on a cancer treatment centre, so what's the holdup? And... It's a necessity. It, it's not a luxury. The infant formula shortage being felt in a big way by Canadian parents. Why Canada is completely reliant on our neighbours to the south as the crisis continues. That's after the break. Years after the province plunged, a cancer care clinic would be coming to Kamloops. It seems there's been very little traction. The hot topic of health care access was discussed this week by Thompson Regional Hospital District board members as a request from health care officials for the clinic's business case was removed. Michael Reeve of CFJC News reports. We're going to put a cancer treatment centre here in Kamloops so that Dale and others do not have to drive to Kelowna to get the treatment they need. The city of Kamloops was promised a cancer care clinic by then Premier John Horgan in the run-up to the 2020 provincial election. Fast forward nearly three years and information around the much-needed service is short. There's ongoing planning for the concept and business plan. Nothing has been approved. There's been steps and work being done behind the scenes since the early 90s. Uh, and as far as I know, at this point, as we heard today, uh, you know, there was nothing concrete. We're no further ahead than we were 30 years ago. Uh, and that's concerning to me as a resident and concerning to me as the director of the regional hospital district uh, that our residents are having to travel to Kelowna uh, to get care. O'Reilly understood that RIH Executive Director Tracy Rainey was not able to fully speak to the matter, noting he's looking to the Ministry of Health to step up. It wasn't IH uh, that's going to wave the magic wand here today. It is the Ministry of Health 
that needs to make this decision, and that's who we need to step up and come to the table. And whether that's uh, Minister Dix or Premier Eby that comes and makes that announcement here in Kamloops, uh, you know, we're, we're flying blind at this, at this point. It's a collaborative effort, uh, and uh, ultimately uh, the ministry, and uh, so we, we're working closely with everyone um, and just waiting for approvals. When is the minister going to actually do his job? Kamloops North Thompson MLA Peter Millibar reiterated that the clinic was an NDP promise that he believes has been forgotten. When the health minister refuses to answer any meaningful uh, public questions, uh, when he puts a gag order on IHA to talk about a project as well, um, you know, what is the public supposed to think other than that the, the government is not uh, very sincere in their commitment to have this built? I, I hear you. I hear you. Randy confirmed that an upcoming meeting will be held with stakeholders such as the Ministry, BC Cancer and Interior Health. We do meet um, uh, with the Ministry and there's also uh, meetings with BC Cancer, Interior health. Uh, there's lots of internal and external stakeholders uh, and um, as we're able to share uh, we'll definitely uh, be uh, sharing the information. It is possible that the funding request could be returned to the board this year but that was not guaranteed on Thursday. The amount of people needing radiation is only growing and it will continue that way. We need a cancer center in Kamloops now. Michael Reeves, CFJC News. Another large crowd gathered in downtown Vancouver today once again to stand in solidarity with Iranians under threat by their own government. Demonstrators gathered to show their support for the people in Iran, fighting for an end to the Islamic Republic regime. Many taking part in today's rally are outraged by a viral video of the so-called morality police pouring yogurt on two Iranian women who weren't wearing the mandatory hijab. Both of those women have since been arrested. We want to see a democracy. We want to see a freedom. We want to see just a normal life for people of Iran. You see, my hair is just air through it, which is, is beautiful. But if something like that happened in Iran for the woman, they can be captured, they can be tortured. And as you see, for Mahsa, for Nika, for Sarina, they've been killed just because of the same thing that you can see me here. The demonstrators at today's event in Vancouver say they will continue to show up every weekend to stand in solidarity with their Iranian counterparts. The shortage of infant formula continues to cause stress to parents and caregivers right across the country. And the empty shelves likely won't be stocked anytime soon. As Catherine Ward explains, Canada is completely reliant on American manufacturers that are also scrambling. It's a necessity. It, it's not a luxury. Julie Clark would do anything for her eight-week-old granddaughter, Aubrey. Sourcing formula has been her mission. And I tried like um, smaller communities, larger communities, big box stores, smaller chains, and the formula shelves were just Barren. In February 2022, a formula plant in Michigan that supplied most of Canada's formula recalled a number of products following reports of bacterial infections and was forced to shut down for a period of time. Reports indicate four babies were infected and two of them died. The closure has had lasting impacts. Well, we, Canada doesn't produce any baby formula for itself, so we're fully relying on the Americans. A year later, the issue is still a nightmare as formula supply can be limited. I've had to switch three times, writes one mother. We can't find enough formula fast enough, another says. Each time we change, I worry that he will not be able to take the formula. 
Food industry researcher Sylvain Charlebois says problems continue at Abbott Nutrition in Michigan. The Abbott plant is actually still not uh, fully operational. That's the thing. They, they've had some uh, some issues uh, with, uh, with, with outbreaks, some food safety issues. And in January, we actually learned that the Department of Justice w- was actually looking into the matter, which is really never good news. Tough times as families do whatever it takes. I spent the entire day um, driving all over our county, and it's quite a large county, getting um, little bits of formula from every family, like about seven or eight different families where I was purchasing um, kind of on the side. We were able to allocate some of the powder um, in Florida and our friends drove it home from Florida for us. Health Canada says it is aware of parents' struggles and is working with manufacturers, but there is little clarity on when supply will improve. Chances are parents will actually buy uh, more and uh And it's hard to blame them because there's so much uncertainty. Catherine Ward, Global News, Toronto. After the break, the cherry blossoms are blooming. We will tell you where. Plus. Hold on, I'm coming. I don't know how long he's been in there for. Like, no one else is coming, most likely. The life-saving lucky encounter between two skiers on a mountain popular with local outdoor enthusiasts. The heart-stopping helmet cam footage. That's coming up after weather with Yvonne. You're watching Global BC. It is one of the most scenic and beautiful times of the year across the Lower Mainland. The cherry blossoms are starting to bloom. And that was cause for celebration at Vancouver's Cherry Blossom Festival, which kicked off today with a big picnic in David Lamb Park in Yaletown. Billed as Vancouver's largest outdoor picnic, it's the start of a month-long spring event celebrating the much-loved blossoming cherry trees. The all-day party united Japanese and Indigenous arts and culture. Organizers of the festival say there's a lot of important history and significance behind cherry blossoms in Metro Vancouver. We have hundreds of thousands of cherry trees in this uh, city and they were originally a gift from the people of Japan to commemorate uh, Japanese Canadians who had died in World War I. And then there were some other waves of gifts of those trees throughout the years but they all became super popular. People wanted to come and see them throughout Canada and throughout the West Coast. It may be spring in some parts of the province, but it won't feel like it in other areas <laughs> this weekend. Meteorologist Yvonne Schell joins us now with a look at the forecast. And Yvonne, did I hear you mention flurries? Yeah, it's a little bit of a mixed bag, depending <laughs> on where you are. It's really higher elevations. It'll be cold enough overnight tonight, so something to keep in mind. And we're still tracking a significant amount of snow if you're traveling along the mountain passes. That coming up in just a moment. Glance at some of our numbers, though. We're still sitting into the double digits. We're at 10 degrees. We've got some breaks in there. Temperatures this morning were still cool. We start off at 3 Similar last year, around 9 degrees, and the normal for this time of the year sits at 12. A record, though, on this day, 22, and that was set back in 1992. So overnight tonight, we've got temperatures down to 2. This is the plan. It's really higher elevations that could see up to 2 centimetres through the morning hours, and then a nice clearing. As we get in towards the afternoon, we'll rebound. We'll have that sunshine in there, and temperatures will be bumping up to 9 as a daytime high. We can see a few of those isolated showers right across the islands, similar for the southern tip near Victoria. It'll be spotty. We'll even see that for higher elevations right across the island with a few wet flurries and then easing off. A clearing is on the way. Now, if you're along the mountain passes, we still have that snowfall. Winter storm warning remains in effect. Now, the following areas along the Coquihalla and Kootenai Pass, that's where we're still seeing a significant amount of snow. An additional five centimeters this evening before it really does start to ease off. An improvement 
if you are traveling for tomorrow. Now, Monday and leading in towards our Tuesday. So tomorrow, unsettled, but Monday, Tuesday, we'll rebound. We'll be back into that sunshine for most areas right across the board and along the mountain passes will be included within that. Now, coastal areas will bump up to 7 as a daytime high. Breaks for the northeastern corners of the province. Even Fort Nelson starting to see that clearing on the way. Areas into the central interior. A few showers are possible near Prince George. Areas towards the south, so it's higher elevations, wet flurries for the morning hours easing off as we get in towards the afternoon. Kamloops double digits up to 11 degrees. Wet flurries for areas near Whistler with temperatures getting up to 3 by the afternoon. And across the island, most areas for the south coast. It'll be cold enough for the morning hours. The precipitation falling for higher elevations will give us that potential. Flurries with up to 2 centimeters even along the North Shore Mountains. We could see that. The usual spots, Westwood Plateau, SFU will be included within that. We'll ease off a nice clearing by as we get in towards the afternoon. Great start Monday Tuesday, Sarah, temperatures back into the double digits, highs between 10 and 12. Back to you. Okay, a mixed bag. Thanks so you much, Yvonne. We'll see you soon. Now to a heart-stopping rescue on Mount Baker that nearly didn't happen. A skier on the slopes of the side country last month spotted a snowboarder upside down beneath deep snow in a tree well. A report is from King 5 News. If you blink, you almost miss it. You all right? Francis Zuber says he was skiing through the trees with a friend at Mount Baker when he caught a glimpse of a snowboard sticking out of the snow near a tree well. I shot up to him, no response. Like, okay, like this guy needs to be rescued right now. Hold on, I'm coming. I don't know how long he's been in there for. Like, no one else is coming, most likely. Like, I need to get to him right now. He knew he needed to act fast. Hey. You're right. Can you hear me? Like, it was fully upside down. You know, I had to dig down six feet to get to him. And that part was way more exhausting than I thought it was going to be. Digging for minutes through heavy snow as quickly as he could. Come on, help me out. Help me out here. And finally reaching him. You okay? You all right? <clears throat> okay, you're good. You're good. I got you. Luck of being in the right place at the right time. You okay? Can you breathe? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. We're both going to catch our breath for a sec. I'm going to help dig you out, okay? Thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. Oh. Now binding them together forever. Okay. You all right? I'm good. Okay. Okay. I'm going to back up for a sec get my shovel out, okay? Thank you. You're good, man. You good? He's like, hey, man, you saved the life today. Like, thank you for stopping. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Holy cow. A little dramatic there. Wow. Wow. What a rescue and what a thing to actually capture on camera, too. What yeah. are the chances? Oh. Amazing. Very delight. Good to see you. Yeah, ya. good to see uh, you guys. The yeah. uh, should be some excitement down at BC mm -hmm. Place tonight. The Whitecaps, you know, last year they had this horrible start. All year they've been saying, we can't have a bad start. It, it hasn't been good yet. Just three draws through five matches. So Asa Raymond is down at BC Place, going to set this one up. Uh, they take on uh, Montreal. So. That'll be our focus. Okay. Get that white cap victory and get all this talk <laughs> over with about they don't have any wins. So that's OK, looking forward to that. Thanks both. We'll see you soon. Coming up, the push and pull over commercial pigmentation. Now you can more simply say, in theory, you know, I have applied to protect the color blue in association with jewelry. Who owns a specific shade of a specific color, if anyone? The quest by corporations to trademark their shades and the color crusader who's fighting back. That's after the break.
Well, who, if anyone, has jurisdiction over color? Big businesses all over the world are closely connected to their branding and specifically the shades of colors in it. And in recent years, the law on how companies can lay claim to those colors has changed. Redmond Shannon explains. From UPS Brown to McDonald's Golden Arches, corporations and brands rely on our ability to know where they are on the spectrum of visible light. TD Bank's bright green has a number, 361. That's the code assigned by the kings of the colour definition industry, Pantone. Under changes to Canada's Trademarks Act in 2019, TD Bank is laying claim to Pantone 361 in a way it couldn't do before. As intellectual property lawyer Sebastian Beck-Watt explains, companies can now broadly claim trademark over a colour for a range of services, rather than in a specific context like a product or logo. So historically you could claim uh, like a Tiffany blue box. Uh, so you would say the colour blue as applied to the surfaces of a box. Now you can more simply say, in theory, you know, I have applied to protect the colour blue in association with jewellery. TD Bank's trademark application applies to 18 different financial services, from mobile banking to pet insurance. But if TD's application is eventually approved, could another financial institution use an almost identical green? And what would almost identical mean? It hasn't been tested in court yet. But there is one man pushing back against the business of colour, an artist who has made it his life's mission to make art, specifically pigment, more accessible for everyone. Who owns colour? No one can own colour. Colour exists. It's, it's just a phenomena of nature. How can you own an experience that your eyes have when they see something? Stuart Semple is on a mission to liberate colour from claims of ownership, from Tiffany blue to digital hues. I'll have more on his colour crusade in my report on the new reality tonight at 7pm on Global. Redmond Shannon, Global News, Bournemouth, England. Coming up, Barry's back with sports, and Asa Rahman is at the Whitecaps game, plus April Fools. Nature is unpredictable, and you need clothing that can keep up. That's why we designed the all-new Zipline from MEC. The homegrown brands getting creative this year and giving us all a good laugh. That is coming up after sports. Catch pink at Rogers Arena. Don't miss the critically acclaimed singer-songwriter on her Trust Ball tour alongside her new studio release. Sing along to new hit singles as Pink explores the highs and lows of uncertainty, freedom, and letting go. This November, see Depeche Mode coming to Rogers Arena. See the 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees as they embark on their colossal 75-date Memento Mori tour ahead of their forthcoming album. For RBC, I'm Michael Newman. Global BC Community Hub. Promote your event. Build your community. Global BC Community Hub, bringing your worlds together. Welcome back. Barry's back. Big night in downtown Vancouver, and Issa is there. That's right. Mm -hmm. the, the, vo the radio voice of the White Cats, Issa yeah. Raymond. He knows everything. If I need to know he soccer does. stuff, I just ask him and he tells me. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. The uh, Whitecaps get another chance for their first MLS win of the season tonight at BC Place when they host Montreal, 7.30 kickoff. The Whitecaps have scored in all five league games so far, but just one goal in each of them. Even in the low-scoring MLS, 
Getting just one won't get you too many victories. Ryan Gauld won't start, but is expected to come on as a sub. And for more on tonight's game, let's go to the radio voice of the Whitecaps, Asa Rahman, who is standing by at BC Place with his broadcast partner, Colin Miller. Thanks, Barry. Well, the Vancouver Whitecaps are undefeated in the last three matches, but they're still searching for their first win of the MLS season. Colin, if the Whitecaps pick up another draw here, safe to say that it would be disappointing? Yes, it's a, it's the start of a big week for the Vancouver Whitecaps, of course, with the game on Wednesday night, LAFC, and, and then, of course, next Saturday against Portland Timbers. So you want to win your home games. This is a, a very, very important fixture for us. The Whitecaps are playing well, creating a lot of chances. It's just the end product now, so that's the only thing that's been missing, is dominating in the opposition's box. And uh, I've said one of my keys, I'm giving it away already, but one of my keys is to keep a clean sheet. If we do that, then we've got a point minimum, but we've got to go for the jugular tonight, get that three points. There's a big weight on the shoulders at the moment because we haven't had that win, the uh, first win of the seasons. We've got to do all we can tonight to create chances and put the ball in the back of the net. Some young players getting an opportunity to start in this match. Uh, how excited are you to see these young players uh, feature into the starting 11 here for Vancouver? Well, it's testimony to all the work that's going on behind the scenes, of course, with the, with the MLS 2 team and, and so on and so forth. Nick Dasovic last season, Ricardo this season. So it, it's very important that that conveyor belt, if you like, of young players gets the chance to play. It's one thing having a reserve team, if you like, but those players, the best, have got to come through and get an opportunity. Simon Betcher is a great example yeah. of what's happened. Ali Admed as well has done well when he's come in, and we'll see how, uh, if they start tonight, see what uh, see what the the end product looks like. Yeah, hoping for a win. Thanks so much, Colin. Should be a great match. Kickoff just after 7.30. We'll have it on AM 7.30. Don't miss it. Oh, we won't, eh? So we won't. The uh, Canucks host the LA Kings tomorrow, a team in a fierce race with the Oilers and Golden Knights for first in the Pacific Division and top seed in the Western Conference. Last night, the desperate Flames came back to win 5-4 in overtime in a game the Canucks really didn't deserve to win anyway. But it was highlighted by Canucks rookie Aiden McDonough scoring his first ever NHL goal, and he got to celebrate it on the ice with his good buddy Jack Rathbone. It was great. Um, obviously, you dream about scoring that uh, in the driveway or in the backyard your whole life. And, um, you know, to get one there was, was pretty special. I think, um, you know, I think there's so many parts of my game that I, I can work on and be better at. I think, um, you know, what I've showed so far hopefully isn't even close to, to the ceiling of what I can be. But um, I'm going to be a guy who's going to go to the net at the end of the day. I, I love scoring goals, and um, that's where goals are scored. So I know I can look at that as a positive that, uh, you know, if you stick around the net long enough, they're, they're going to go in. So um, I've been there, and they bounced, some have bounced in and others haven't. Today, AHL today, Abbotsford beat uh, Manitoba. That should be. Forgot the eye there. 2-1 the final, so uh, Spencer Martin solid and net made 40 saves. NHL today, Penguins in the final playoff spot in the East, but facing the number one ranked Boston Bruins. Third period tied at two. David Pasternak, second of the game, 55th of the year, just wired it off the back bar. That's a good goal. 3-2 Bruins, but the Penguins get it back. Jake Gensel will score his 35th on the one-timer from the slot. 3-3, it looked like we might need overtime, but with just under three minutes to go, it's Pasternak again, fires his hat-trick goal. Bruins win their team record 59th of the year. The NHL record is 62. Boston still has six games left to get the record. And that loss, great news for the Senators, who are five points back of the Penguins, sends hosting the Leafs in another Battle of Ontario. First goal doesn't come until the second. Sands can't clear. Michael Bunting spins and fires. Beats the rookie Matt Sogard. 1-0 Leafs. 
And then William Nylander squeezes one through Sogard is 37th and Toronto wins it three to nothing. So Ottawa cannot make up any ground on the Penguins. We got to show you this from last night. It's our buddy Connor Bedard playing his first Western League playoff game. Splits the D. Finishes for a second of the night. What a play. Two goals, one assist for Bedard. Regina won 6-1. Game two tomorrow in Saskatoon. This kid just never stops making great plays. We'll see if the Blades have any answers for him on Sunday. PGA Tour is in San Antonio for the Valero Texas Open. Canadian Corey Connors won his first and only PGA Tour event here four years ago. Back in contention again. Check out this approach at the 12th. Hits it inside two feet for the kick in birdie. He didn't kick it in. We just say that. He tapped it in. Then at the 14th from about 15 feet. Knocks in another birdie. Connors to 10 under, tied for second. One back of the leader, Patrick Rogers. Meanwhile, Abbotsford's Nick Taylor needing a win this week to get into the Masters next week. This will help on 18. His approach to two and a half feet. Nick made, uh, made that for birdie. Six under par, tied for 12th. Back to Connors. Drove it in the bunker at 15, but recovers with this fantastic shot. One of the hardest shots in golf, to me, the fairway bunker shot. But Connors hits it perfectly. He got to hit it clean, and he did to six feet. He made that for birdie, and then at 17, Connors rolls in his seventh birdie of the round. He's at 11 under, just one behind Patrick Rogers going into the final round tomorrow in San Antonio. Baseball today, Blue Jays and Cardinals. Jays won the opener back on Thursday, 10-9. They had a day off yesterday. Cardinals got a run on a Matt Chapman throwing area, then attack on two more when Nolan Gorman's cue shot gets past Chapman. Three-nothing cards. All of those runs, though, off Kevin Gosman, unearned because of the error earlier in the inning. Blue Jays drew 10 walks, but couldn't cash in. They only had three hits. Their only run scores on this wild pitch in the eighth, but they fall 4-1 in St. Louis. Big free agent acquisition Chris Bassett makes his first start as a Blue Jay in tomorrow's series finale. World men's curling from Ottawa. Brad Gushu and Team Canada taking on Switzerland in their opener. It was a very forgettable start for Canada. Already down 5-1. Gushu with the tough angle raise trying to get one. Uh, puts it right through. But uh, tough day. They lost 8-3 to Switzerland in their opener in Ottawa. But later on, this one just finished up against Italy. Much better performance by Gushu. Fourth end tied at two. Needs to draw the forefoot for two. He does that, and this game has just gone final. Canada has won it 10-6 over Italy. So Canada's record now 1-1 one one at the Men's World Championship. And we've got some... English Premiership, first place Arsenal hosting Leeds, early second half. Gabriel Martinelli, slick move, crosses to Ben White. And that's a pretty one, 2-0, Gunners in front. And then this thing of beauty, Gabriel Jesus to Leandro Trossard, who then returns it back to Jesus, who gets his second of the match. Arsenal, impressive yet again. They thump Leeds 4-1. They are 23-3-3, their record through 29 games for Arsenal. And... That is it for sports. Okay, big day in sports. Mm -hmm. We'll see you back here at 11. Yes. See you with us. We're back with more in two minutes. Focus on the politics. Focus on the players. Focus on the province. Focus BC. Your inside guide to BC politics with host Richard Zussman on BC One. 
Welcome back. Okay, apologies to Squire Barnes and Satellite Debris tonight, but given that it's April Fool's Day, we spotted a few amusing pranks. The first one, courtesy of Mountain Equipment Co-op and their new zipline pants. Take a look. Nature is unpredictable, and you need clothing that can keep up. That's why we designed the all-new zipline from MEC. With 10 zippers and 32 potential configurations, these convertible pants will have you ready for anything. Stay limber and unleash the true potential of your flexibility. Escape the bloodlust of nearly any ravenous woodland creature and comfortably cross bodies of water with the fluidity of a salamander. Advanced users can try our patented Dingle Dangle system to conveniently carry detached layers. Throw your modesty to the wind and go completely zipless to unlock ultimate vitamin D absorption. So zip off for spring and slide into the zip line from MEC, our boldest bottoms yet. <laughs> it looks breathable. Now to a post that some people wish was real, including us here in the newsroom today. On Twitter, Purdue's Chocolates advertised their new giant hedgehog for sale for 200 bucks. Sadly, when somebody tries to purchase the giant item, including us, a happy April Fool's Day message <laughs> pops up instead. Apparently, it was supposed to weigh about 10 kilograms, mm. which got us really excited. Dentists got excited about that. <laughs> yeah, about no it. kidding. Okay, quick look at weather before we go. Uh, we actually have a little bit of instability. It's cold enough overnight and for tomorrow morning. We could see a few wet flurries. That'll be for higher elevations with up to two centimeters. So we're still tracking a bit of a mixed bag. That'll take us in towards uh, tomorrow morning. By the afternoon, a clearing is on the way. Some bright spots will be rebounding with that sunshine. Monday, Tuesday into early next week, also very pleasant, but... Temperature is very cold enough. We still need to cover tomatoes. We'll mm. be hovering the freezing mer. So something to keep in mind. It's cold in the morning. As we get in through the afternoon, I have a feeling right you're now. you're addressing this April Fool when you say. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> no. <laughs> looking good Monday, Tuesday. Looking good, especially. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much. That's all for us tonight. Jasmine Ball is back here at 11 o'clock tonight, actually, as well. And YouTube will be back. That's as well. right. Soccer highlights, Western Wing playoffs, lots going on. Okay. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow.